0: It's very easy to, to take OMAG into the reinsurance market and, and argue for the best terms because it's deserved and the reputation that uh,
1: that Omag has in the marketplace is phenomenal. Well, Charlie, that's very very high praise. Thank you very much. That's known internally by the few of us that remember or knew Harold or know Harold as the Telegraph story. Harold was preparing a telegraph that would go out to the members if you hadn't been able to secure that reinsurance that OMAG probably wasn't going to continue, at least with that line of business. So a large degree of what OMAG is goes back to that, that series of events where you were able to go to the market and convince the underwriters to take our risk. So thank you very much on behalf of everyone who makes their living here and all of the 500 in cities and towns that belong to OMAG. You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast
2: about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG's Director of Strategic Initiatives and Partnerships, Bill Tackett.
1: Charlie, you've been doing this a long time, going to the market on behalf of your clients. What changes have you noticed in the market over the years that are noteworthy that uh, you'd like to mention?
0: Obviously, there's there's events that uh, have have great effect on the market. I think the nine uh, eleven might be have been the, the biggest single event had an adverse effect on the market. And by the market, I mean the market as a whole, from, from insurance to reinsurance and, and pricing and lines of business. And There was a huge workers' comp loss as nine eleven, and, and thus a very, very big change in marketing and underwriting of workers' comp as a result of 9-11. And then there's a variety of different storms that have caused some market disruption, but I think that the biggest uh, single event that comes to mind would be nine eleven. 9-11, even more so than the COVID losses that's strung out over the years.
1: So you mentioned this earlier, but I'd like to revisit it just briefly. You got involved with OMAG very early in our organizational history. So recount Briefly for us, how you got involved with OMAG.
0: November of, uh, of 1984, a, a fellow named Gene Weaver was the uh, the broker for uh, OMAG,
1: and he, Gene was with uh, Fred S.
0: James, which was a national broking house, later swallowed up by Aon or, or, or one of the other survivors. But uh, Gene came to my office and told me uh, about OMAG. I, I, I knew very little about OMAG at that time, and uh, the fact that there was a, a, they were in a dire need for reinsurance or excess insurance, uh, and uh, if, if it wasn't completed and, and, and bound within the next six weeks that they might not be able to go forward. At that time, uh, a fellow named Harold Pufford just joined with the uh, OBAG. Had, if if it, he had, had been there very long, I expressed to Gene that this is going to be a very difficult task with, with the time involved. So we met with Harold, and uh, Harold knew what had to be done. OBAG had to start operating like an insurance company and uh, start pricing like an insurance company. And uh, so after meeting Harold with the, I was convinced that he was going to get this done. And I was able to convey that into the market. And we uh, were able to, to bind reinsurance effective uh, January 1 of 85. And uh, operate there from there on the the story that if you if you track OMAG's growth from those bigger beginnings to where they are today it's just it's phenomenal with without a doubt OMAG is is the premier public indie pool in the, in the United States. there's uh, been many uh, of uh, people that have tried to do what OMAG's done, but they they came in they've come and gone across the country. and it's all about the the management and and the team the staff here at OMAG and the uh, the board of trustees that uh, are heavily involved can, and continue to be involved from my very first meeting with them uh, back in a, in 1985 it was my first meeting with the board. The interest and the enthusiasm just continues to grow. It's very easy to, to take OMAG into the reinsurance market and, and argue for the best terms because it's deserved and the reputation that, that OMAG has in the marketplace is phenomenal.
1: And Charlie, that's very, very high praise. Thank you very much. That's known internally by the few of us that remember or knew Harold or no Harold as the telegraph story. Harold was preparing a telegraph that would go out to the members if you hadn't been able to secure that reinsurance that O'Mag probably wasn't going to continue, at least with that line of business. So a large degree of what OMAG is goes back to that, a, that series of events where you were able to go to the market and convince the underwriters to take our risk. So thank you very much on behalf of everyone who makes their living here and all of the 500 and cities and towns that belong to OMAG. We're creeping up on, let's see, 1984. So that would be, oh, we're creeping up on 40 years. Now, that's got to be unprecedented that a, a broker and a client would have a relationship that long. What do you attribute to your longevity with OMAG and why did you stay connected with us over the last four decades?
0: Well I, th- I think it's uh, some of the things that, that we've talked about. It was the first of all it just we are around successful people it's just fun and uh, it was a, a lot of fun representing OMAG Once we, uh, we got that corner turned we weren't having to go out and, and dig up reinsurers. I mean, they were coming to us once we, we had established you know, who, who OMAG is and, and what they've done and it, staying involved. And we, we'd work with the political side and then working with the board. A lot of fun. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it continues to be fun because it's uh it's a great story, and great stories are, are are easy to tell, and people like to hear it. OMAG's known internationally uh, through their, their reinsurance back into London and uh, the across the country through Agrip and other, and Prima. It's just a, a fun story to tell. You
1: know, earlier we talked about relationships and the value that has when you go to the market. OMAG has benefited greatly by having a quality relationship with you over almost four decades. When you go to the market, I would believe that would be a key to a lot of the success that you and I, you and Omega have enjoyed.
0: Well, we've always been able to, to take some of the leadership, here at Omag into the market and introduced to uh, underwriters and when underwriters are in, in the area like to bring them by and uh, show off OBAG because it's uh, it uh, shows very well. You know, these these underwriters and it, they've they've seen it all. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's not very pretty stories. And uh, so to bring them here and meet with uh, the, the the people that, that actually make it tick is really a it's it's an impressive story.
2: OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is insurance. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck.
1: I think our members, when we go out and talk to our members, I think what they value is stability over time. Our pricing is stable and and has been predictable and stable for a long, long time in our premiums and also in what we are charged by the reinsurance market. What risk exposures or risk threats out there concern you this year or next year?
0: Yeah, Law, law enforcement is, is always a, a, an exposure that, uh, that concerns you because of the publicity side. And then uh, there's always, anytime there's, there's wheels involved, police cars,
1: maintenance vehicles. So auto exposure is, is big. I remember a long time ago, uh, the first time I heard you say this, you should always buy reinsurance when it's cheap. How do you determine if reinsurance is cheap?
0: Well, I think it's, it's cheap, and that's, maybe that's not the, uh, well, that's the most my, professional that, term, that, that's but that's probably work. the term I use. Yeah. When, it's, when it's less expensive or it's cheap, and you can, um, you can buy, uh, buy reinsurance cheaper than you can take the risk yourself, then that's, that's what you should do.
1: When you advise folks, how do you determine how much risk is too little to retain or too much to take on?
0: Well, it all depends on their financial position. Okay. The greater their financial picture, the, the greater the risk they should keep. At the outset, we didn't keep a lot of risk because we, it, was, it was thin times. But, right. <laughs> but, that, but that quickly changed, and the risk uh,
1: increased. Charlie, you're got to be one of the vi- most vibrant people I've had the pleasure of meeting, but let's ask a delicate question. What should OMAG look for in its next broker one of these days when you retire?
0: Well, I think you got to look at the at the local picture, the uh, connections with the legislature and the, and the regulators. That's one of the things that has really, I think, helped OBAG over time is being able to work with us. We've had a, a good legislative presence and through our, our governmental affairs person, and we've also maintained a, a great relationship with the insurance uh, department and been able to introduce OBAG and in, And transfer those relationships so that uh, OMAG is the name at at the insurance department when it comes to public insurance. I think the present administration certainly looks at OMAG as as the benchmark, and when they hear complaints or there's problems with other public insurance operations, then they want to say, why aren't you like OMAG?
1: (laughs) You think it's going to be possible for OMAG to replicate this unique experience we've had with you? Without
0: being self serving I don't know. I, I think we certainly all work to that point.
1: You would know better than I, but I can't imagine another public entity risk pool has the relationship with their broker and their person that handles governmental affairs that OMAG has had with you over the last almost 40 years. Well, it's something I'm very proud of, is that relationship. It's
0: fun. There's a couple of uh, public entity pools in this state that have had some bad publicity. I would certainly uh, not want to be that broker.
1: I understand.
0: Because of OMAG and because of the relationships, it's something the regulators They've called us and said, you know, what's the difference? Why why should everybody not be painted with the same brush? Wait a minute, this is a different thing. This OMAG is probably one of the strongest insuring operations that you have in the state. If you made everybody operate to their uh, scale, then you wouldn't be having any problems.
1: Charlie, people that don't pay attention to insurance probably don't know is that insurance is cyclical like almost everything else in the world, so it gets harder They have hard markets and soft markets. Prices go up and down. What have been some of your biggest challenges over over your career in the markets that you've had to work through? The pricing and, and the
0: this the availability of, of capacity after nine eleven and the fact that nine eleven was course of September and the treaties expiring in twelve thirty one that year, some of them just couldn't be renewed because there wasn't capacity. There's been financial crises throughout the country throughout the time that affected the investment market, which Affected the insurance market. I think the biggest thing that have affected us and had long term effect continues to have some underwriting
1: effects are, is 9 11. What do you think has made you a successful person in business? What lessons could we take from your success in business? I, I think
0: we, we always tell our people we we, we're going to outwork everybody. You know, maybe, maybe we might get outsmarted, but we're not going to get outworked. I think hard work and integrity builds, builds those relationships. And uh, the thing that I think that concerns me now is that. Young people getting into this business, see, you know, it's all digital. And, you know, you're not sitting and having lunch every day with somebody in New York. You're on a Zoom call with them. And then as soon as it's over, it's over. You don't build that personal relationship, which builds that trust. And so I I don't know if it'll be the same. And um, kids that are, just getting out of school, getting hired and going right to work on a remote location. Those relationships, are, I'm afraid, aren't going to be the same. The business will get done and the, the numbers will be there, but there won't be any color or any feelings with those numbers. And I, th- I think that's bad because that's one of the things that the relationships and the lifelong friends that, that, that I've made through this business and our, our company has made is what really makes it special. It's, it's more than just a number. We feel like you know, we build these relationships at one phone call at a time and one visit at a time. And the IT side of things is phenomenal. And the data is things that we probably, if we could get that kind of a data 30 years ago, we might have looked at some things different. But uh, it was there. It was just It was hard to dig it out manually. So that, I kind of got off on a, on a tangent, but that's kind of the fear I have. It's just, it's not going to be the same.
1: Well, Charlie, you've told me the secret to success is something that's been around a long time. It's hard work, it's relationships, and it's integrity, things that don't wax old and don't go out of style. And I, I share your concern about what technology is going to do to those things. But you're right. Probably business will get done. and just get done a little bit differently. Time will tell. All right, Charlie, uh, we've got a wild card question for you. But on a personal note, what is it like to drive a Maserati? <laughs> It's,
0: uh, as long as it's, it makes lots of noise, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's fun. It's exciting.
1: So other than the Maserati question, what question should I have asked you today?
0: I think you've covered it quite well. Uh, we, we talked about the, uh, the regulatory relationship. We talked about having a presence at the legislature, which is so important. We talked about our relationship into the market.
1: Well, tell me one more story, and then and, and we'll conclude. Tell me about how you came to actually getting a bench from London, to an underwriting bench. So it's the box. Oh, okay, a yeah. box, all right. Yeah. Underwriting box. So I, I had
0: always, uh, you know, we do so much business in London, and we are actually cover holders. So the process is we can actually buy in London into certain classes of business. We have this, these contracts with them. Louis has always been very important to us. I uh, had been in, uh, I think, two offices in the States, one in Dallas, one in New York, where these guys had a box. And I was telling one of my buddies in London, I said, if you ever see a box from the old building, which was built in 57, I'd like to get my hands on it if I could afford it. I would kind of forgot about it. I get a phone call from one Monday morning from my friends in London. He said, I found a box. There's a box for sale. He said, you want me to go look at it? I said, yeah, I'll go look at it. He called me the next day. He said, it's in great shape. And I said, I'll buy it. The shipping was actually more more than the box. When we finally got it in our office in Oklahoma City. We started looking at it, and going through all the storage. It was packed full of files, and some of these guys walked off the visit, walked off the box that particular Friday. They left everything there. There was underwriting files, and all of way out of date, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, but it's fun reading for a while. Yeah, it's been a great uh, discussion point, and something I was always. It' a pleasure to have
1: well this has been a very special edition of omag all access with our long-term friend and broker charlie caldwell charlie thank you so much for
2: today thank you we hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town you can find more information about omag on our website at www.omag.org or on our facebook page thanks for listening if you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of Omag All Access.
1: I have to be comfortable with those technologies also. And so a little bit of time adjusting, getting used to a microphone being in your face, the camera being on, you know, not having the energy of that you would normally have in a classroom experience and finding ways to create that energy and that conversation a little bit differently, maybe asking questions differently. Um, but again, I think it goes, goes back to the very beginning of, you've got to set those expectations up front. Tell people what you expect. I expect you to have your camera on. I expect I expect you to engage in conversation. This is about you, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And in order to get the very best experience, these are the things that you can do to have that experience.
2: This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives international license. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.